the introduction of the poem an introduction by kamla das the poem an introduction is an autobiographical verse of kamla das that throws the light on the life of a woman in the patriarchal society i have divided the poem into five parts for better understanding i have tried to first give a brief explanation of the lines and then provide a comprehensive analysis hope you may go through the poem and understand its central idea the first part men as the rulers of country i don't know politics but i know the names of those in power and can repeat them like days of week or names of months beginning with nehru the poet starts explaining by saying that she does not know the politics yet she is well aware of the politicians of her country from nehru to the ones of her own times and as the politics of the india has always remained in fewer hands referring to the males she has memorized the names of all the politicians like the days of the week or the names of the month the lines depict how the males have been ruling the country without giving this right to the women majorly moreover the rulers are fewer in numbers because democracy exists only in words in reality the rule of the country remains in the hands of some people only who have assumed themselves to be the permanent rulers the second part women are individuals as well quote i am indian very brown born in malabar i speak three languages write in two and dream in one now the poet comes towards her own life experience she says that she is an indian and brown in color as compared to the british she is born in malabar she can speak three languages write in two and dreams in one as dreams have a universal language in these lines she explains her indianness like most of the citizens of india she is also capable of speaking three languages write in two and perhaps dreams in one the two languages in which she could write could probably be english language and her native language she says that she dreams in one because the world of dreams is common to all in this world every individual male or female uses the same universal language in my opinion these lines can be interpreted in another way like 
the poet perhaps tries to show her ability in the educational sphere where there is no access to the women majorly she says that she speaks three languages and is also capable of writing in two in addition also dreams like any man of the world she probably compares herself to the man of the world trying to show that she is no lesser than him she possesses all those qualities and abilities that make him superior hence though she is a woman she is no lesser than him in terms of ability passion and creativeness moreover in the world of dreams she is equally an individual as the man is and so she wants this status in the real world as well poets struggle for freedom which is considered to be the third part quote don't write in english they said english is not your mother tongue why not leave me alone critics friends visiting cousins every one of you why not let me speak in any language i like being well familiar with the english she uses this language in her writing however this habit of her is not liked by her friends relatives and critics they all condemn her for writing in english as according to them english is the language of colonists she asks them why they criticize her why she is not given liberty to write in whatever language she desires in these lines she exposes the jealous nature of her nears and dears who cannot endure her skills this makes them criticize her having no logical reason to put restrictions on her writing in english they try to tell her that the language she writes in is the language of colonists and thus she should avoid using it however she asks them how a language can be owned by a particular community it belongs to every person whoever uses it and thus she should not be stopped from using it quote the language i speak becomes mine is distortions its queernessness all mine mine alone it is half english half indian funny perhaps but it is honest it is as human as i am human don't you see the language in which the poet writes is her own along with all its imperfections and strangeness the language is though not fully english yet she considers it to be honest because like herself as her language is also imperfect which is quite a normal thing in these lines she shows her ownership of the english language and also the freedom of using it she is imperfect 
but this makes her a human thus she should not be scolded for her mistakes or shortcomings but she wonders why the society ignores the mistakes of even blunders of men and questions the mistakes of women although the fact is that every person in the world is imperfect quote it voices my joys my longings my hopes and it is useful to me as going it is crows or roaring to the lions it is human speech the speech of the mind that is here and not there a mind that sees and hears and is aware not the deaf blind speech of the trees in storm or of monsoon clouds or of rain or of the incoherent mutterings of the blazing funeral pyre the language expresses her joys grief and hopes for he it is like going is to crows and roaring is to lions that is it is an integral part of her expression she further says that her speech in english language is the speech of humans that minds can understand and not strange and queer like the cloud or the sound of the trees in the storms or of monsoon clouds or of rain or of dead as these voices cannot be understood easily the fourth part of the poem quote i was a child and later they told me i grew for i became tall my limbs swelled and one or two places sprouted hair when i asked for love not knowing what else to ask for he drew a youth of 16 into the bedroom and closed the door she moves towards her married life she was a child although the size of her body grew up that is she entered the stage of puberty yet her soul was immature as she was still a child after marriage she asked for love however her husband quenched his own lust on the bed the poet here not only describes her married life but tries to narrate the story of every woman in her country her griefs and sorrows are the griefs and sorrows of every woman of her country the young girls of her country are forced to marry old men without having their own consents they are so young at the time of their marriage that they cannot accept that they have grown up however as their body parts including their genitals grow up they have to accept that they are mature now and thus bind into the nuptial alliance the girl after being married desires that her husband should show compassion to her and love her but instead she is drawn to the bed and made to endure the pains of the sex that she is not willing to do quote he did not beat me 
But my sad woman body felt so beaten. The weight of my breasts and womb crushed me. I shrank pitifully. The poet says that she was not beaten up by him, yet her womanly body felt to be beaten and wounded, and thus she got tired of it, of her own body, she refers here. His genital seemed to her as some burden that has crushed her. She started hating her female body because it is her body that has given her so much pain. Quote, then I wore a shirt and my brother's trousers, cut my hair short and ignored my womanliness. Dress in sari, be girl, be wife, they said. Be embroiderer, be cook, be a quarrel with servants, fit in. Oh, I belong, cried the categorizers. Don't sit on the walls or peep in through our lace-trapped windows. Be Amy or be Kamala or be better still, be Madhyaviti Kutu. It is time to choose a name, a role. Don't play pretending games. Don't play a symphonizer or be a nympho. Don't cry embarrassingly loud when jilted in love. To avoid its load, she tried to become a tomboy by adopting the attire of male. But it was not led by her in-laws. They started taunting her. She was commanded to dress in saris, be a girl, a wife, embroider, cook, quarrel the servants, etc. She was asked not to hide her real self. Her in-laws even commanded to remain silent and endure her unachieved love. The lines expose the condition of a woman in the house of her in-laws. She is forced to give up her frankness and attain the nature of a daughter-in-law. She is forced to do everything that her in-laws desire her to do. She has to com- accomplish all the tasks, though she is not willing to do so. Still, she is taunted, scolded, as well as abused. She is even as advised not to express her grief if she is troubled in her married life. The fifth part of the poem, her struggle for the status of I. Quote, I met a man, loved him, call him not by any name. He is every man. Who wants a woman just as I am every woman who seeks love in him the hungry haste of rivers in me the oceans tireless waiting who are you I ask each and every one the answer is it is I anywhere and everywhere I see the one who calls himself I in this world he is tightly Packed like the sword in its shield. It is I who drank lonely drinks at twelve, midnight in hotels or strange towns. It is I who laugh. It is I who make love and then feel shame. It is I who lie dying with a rattle in my throat. Here she means a man whose name's she does not mention the man is according to her the every man 
who desires a woman to quench his lust as a woman desires love from a man when she asks him about his identity his answer is i this i or the male ego gives him liberty to do whatever he likes he can drink at midnight laugh and satisfy his lust however he feels ashamed after losing a woman due to his own shortcomings and also this ego of i dies when the person dies and thus his end is no different than the end of the woman cot i am sinner i am saint i am beloved and betrayed i have no joys that are not yours no aches which are not yours i call myself i hence like him she can also attribute the title of i to herself like men she is also sinner and saint beloved and betrayed her joys and pains are no different than those of men hence she emancipates herself to the level of i